0: Well, I'm going to ask you to take God's word in your hands just for a quick uh, moment and uh, turn to the book of Luke this morning. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, uh, you can find a pew Bible in the pew rack in front of you and uh, you can turn and find our passage before you in page 855. page 855. Well, we have been uh, led in our service this morning by our choir who has reminded us of the real reason for Christmas. It's not about the gifts and all of the great music and great food that we'll partake in, uh, but it's about the incarnation of Jesus Christ, that Jesus left heaven, all that that afforded, all of the praise and worship, everything that he had in heaven, he left all of that to come to a world like ours, to put on flesh and to make his dwelling among us. That's the great story of Christmas. And by becoming one of us, he engaged with us as a people. As a preaching team at the three campuses of Village Bible Church, we decided to put our focus in this Christmas season on the three wise women of Christmas. You can see on the screens in front of you that we've studied uh, the life of Elizabeth last week. Of course, Elizabeth is the mom of John the Baptist, the one who would uh, be the great prophet who would uh, share the coming of Jesus and, of course, baptize Jesus in the Jordan River, proclaiming the coming of God's kingdom. And now we turn our attention to Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus. And I, as I was thinking about this uh, passage before us, What is it about Christmas that takes the ordinary, it seems, and makes it extraordinary? Why is it we take the simple uh, things of Christmas and we make them into superstars? Think for a moment, Saint Nick, a third century uh, follower of Jesus Christ from Greece, who was known to be a man of great gift-giving and a man who loved kids and adults alike, who would be transformed because of the traditions of Christmas, into a man who was a jolly man who lived up in the North Pole who would give gifts to all of uh, the earth's dwellers he was om- uh, omniscient because he knows who is naughty and nice he's omnipresent because he's able to be in a ton of places on Christmas Eve where did our imaginations cause us to run so wild how about frosty the snowman a snowman built out of hands of little kids uh, a simple snowman three lumps of snow stacked on top of each other and yet with the imagination of Christmas he becomes this living and breathing uh, person who brings the joy of Christmas to a town of people and who can forget Rudolph just an ordinary uh, reindeer a reindeer who's got a, uh, just a small nose defect who becomes a part of folklore you see there's some reason Christmas creates our imaginations It allows our imaginations to run wild and the question is while that may be good for us with kids stories do we make that a part of the biblical story you see when we look at the lives of people like Mary what we begin to do is we begin to make their lives folklore we make them bigger than what they really were as special as they were and the big part that they had in our Christmas celebration many times we distance ourselves because of the great things that they did and so we come to Mary the mother of Jesus she plays a huge part in the first Christmas but who is this Mary what is she all about what do we know about her and why did she play such a big part in Christmas for centuries theologians and artists scholars musicians and poets have written and sung and painted and contemplated the mystery of this woman, this young woman from Nazareth, this young woman called Mary. Why did God choose her? Why her amongst all other women to be the mother of his son, Jesus? Why would she be chosen to be the one who would care and nurture and raise God's own son? Was it Mary's purity of heart? Was it her depth of devotion did she have some incredible personality or splendid looks beyond compare? What made her stand out? The gospel gives us some hints as to who this woman was and what she was all about. Notice with me in Luke chapter 1, as I read uh, verses 26, uh, the story And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed i want to look just for a couple moments here at mary being what i would like to call the real wonder woman now as we look at the life of mary we see that mary first of all and you can write this in your outlines was an amazing woman she was an amazing woman unlike the TV character Wonder Woman she was not a fighter of crime she could not stop bullets with her gold bracelets and I might add if I have a good understanding of the dress that day there is no doubt that Mary did not dress like Wonder Woman did in the TV show probably far more modest than that but as we look at this major figure of Christianity Mary the mother of Jesus we look to the scriptures and there's not much written about her for as much as we uh, talk about her especially during the story of Christmas outside of the Gospels there's very little written in the New Testament about this woman but it's within the Gospels that we see a couple things I want you to get this bio down in your outlines the first thing we see is that Mary was a simple woman we are told she's a young woman probably a teenager who's engaged to be married She's very likely of a lower class society. She lives in a town called Nazareth, which wasn't known for power brokers or people of prestige, just working class people. Now we're told she had caught the eye of a carpenter named Joseph. It may have been a prearranged marriage. We're not told. But now she is standing as this young woman on the threshold of a new family, a new life with the husband that she loved. And yet, all that would change with one encounter with this angel, Gabriel. It would change her life. And it's in that encounter with Gabriel that we see that she's a spiritual woman. She's simple, and yet she's spiritual. As we see Gabriel with this greeting, he says, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. From this, we can see that Mary, no doubt, was a woman who was faithful to the calling of God. We see it in her chastity. She's a virgin betrothed in marriage. What that means is she has stayed faithful to what a young woman was to do in her time of waiting for her marriage. Second, we see that the Lord is with her. This speaks of an ongoing relationship that she had with God. This wasn't the first time that she had encountered God, but in her private and even in the public times of worship, she was a devout worshiper of God. We would see that this lifestyle of worship would result in her and Joseph raising a child in the ways and in the will of God. But the most eye opening aspect of this uh, spirituality is how she answers God. Think for a moment you're a young woman, you've never been with a man, and an angel comes and he stands before you and says, You're pregnant, you're going to have a child, you're responsible, but I'm a virgin. I've not known a man. And yet, what is conceived in you, the angel says, is the Son of the Most High. It is the Messiah that the people of God had been waiting for. Unlike her cousin Zechariah, which we learned ago, uh, a week ago about, who is a priest and years her senior, she would respond very differently. Instead of questioning God, instead of asking uh, questions that would say, there's no way that this could happen she responds with such amazing words. While she wonders how it can be, she is ready to be used by God in a powerful way. Notice in our text that we see no complaint at the total disruption of her life. Her life will never be the same. People are going to talk about her, people are going to gossip about her, and her soon-to-be husband will probably leave her. Her parents could, totally within the right, disown her and then she could be placed before the chief priests and leaders of the day, accused of adultery, to be stoned. Her life would be very different and yet what we see is that Mary is ready to serve. This phrase, "O favored one, is one that has perplexed Christians all over the world. It has spawned many different thoughts concerning this woman. Does this mean that Gabriel's saying that Mary is of greater value than us? Does it mean that she is to be worshipped or venerated? Does it mean that she is different in her composition or, or constitution as a human being? The answer is this. When God says through Gabriel that Mary is highly favored, the reason she is favored is one, and that is God's grace. It's the same reason why you and I are favored it's the same reason why God takes a look at us and he relates with us as his people God saw fit to to place upon Mary God's sovereign love and he gave her the role in his divine plan of Christmas and what an amazing truth this is but before we start building this statue or this uh, pedestal for Mary we need to recognize something that is she was sinful She was sinful. Now, before you think I'm defaming her character, I think she would agree. In fact, in her great prayer and song of praise, after hearing Gabriel's announcement, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She recognizes, we need to recognize, our need for a Savior because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so she recognized that. Now what that should do for us as a people this Christmas is recognize as a fallen and broken people. If you're like me with all of my frailties and faults, all of my dysfunctions and pains, the story of Christmas reminds us that God takes the broken. He takes the ones who have been messed up. He takes the ones who have been abused. He takes the ones who have failed and failed all over the place. And he takes them and uses them for great things. Mary is a reminder that God has a great plan for each and every one of us. This teenager who did great things for God had no greater abilities than us. Nothing at her disposal that we don't have at our disposal today. And yet God used Mary to do amazing things. And it begs the question this morning, what great things is God calling each of us to this Christmas amidst all of this we see that another characteristic comes out and that is Mary was a strong woman we would see this teenager would have a certain certitude to her life amidst the announcement of a miracle pregnancy she would know that things that she had planned would not turn out as they were supposed to that this announcement would mean her life wouldn't be easy Mary would face pointed questions fearful doubts from family and friends, and not to mention Joseph, her fiancé. What was he going to do? What was he going to say? Her standing in her village, her standing in this world would never be the same. And yet she would endure nasty rumors, snide remarks, scornful looks, her name would be ruined her reputation would be ransacked yet none of that would compare to what Simeon would say when Mary and Joseph entered into the temple with baby Jesus when he said that this child would pierce the heart of his mother what did he mean by that this baby a miracle baby would live a life of perfection and yet the world would not receive him as the son of God as the Creator Lord but they would receive him as a rebel. They would receive him as one who had come. They would call him uh, the messenger of the devil, the son of the evil one, instead of being the one whom we are called to serve. As a result of this, he would have numerous interactions and altercations, if you will, with the chief priest of his day. Mary would observe all of this. This son, this miracle baby, at the age of 33, she would watch She would be a couple feet away from him being hung on a cross. And Mary would endure all of it. And here's the amazing thing. Mary would be faithful. I know some of you right now are dealing with some heart issues. God's calling you this Christmas to be strong. Not to be strong just in your constitution, but to be strong in your faith mary knew that what she had seen begun at christmas that god would see through and here's the great truth mary was one of the people who would see her son rise from the grave and some of you this christmas are dealing with difficult times and circumstances and god says wait the story isn't done remain strong and remain faithful all of this tells us one very important truth about Mary and that is she was special a woman, a woman who was simple yet spiritual a woman like you and I who was a sinner in need of God's grace whose life was special she was said to be blessed among all women she was said to be a favored one and we as Christians must be careful not to swing the pendulum so far the other way from our friends In other denominations who revere her in ways that even Mary I think would say don't do that that we need to see her as the blessed one we need to see her as a faithful role model to our faith men and women alike should make Mary a mentor and a model for all that we do whether in good times or in bad Mary is one who stood with her son and God's calling us to do the same thing this morning so that is who this woman is. Now I want you to notice for a moment that we see that it isn't just who she was, but it is what she did. Notice she was willing to be used by God. In Luke one thirty-eight, we see that Gabriel has shared the news of the pregnancy that would change this woman's young life. She knew her life would never be the same. Her dreams and desires, they were out the window. And what trouble might be lurking around this announcement? have you ever had a time where an announcement a positive one was given and the only thing that you can respond with after the initial joyful response is what am I gonna do now I remember when Amanda told me that Noah was gonna be born and there was excitement and then I wondered how I was gonna pay for college and then I remember when I was called to be a pastor here and I remember I was told that the vote was in the affirmative and I was excited and then I'm like what happens if I never have a sermon again What do we do many times when good news comes? We bring up all the what-ifs. Mary no doubt had what-ifs. What about this? What about that? What what would Joseph say? What are my parents going to say? What are my friends going to think? I'm going to tell them that an angel came and told me that within my womb is the Messiah? They're never going to believe it. And yet notice her response is not about what-ifs. Or excuses on why she can't do it but in verse 38 she says behold I'm the servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word there are two things I want you to see this morning from that text and that is first of all she was a woman of humility you want to respond like that in your times of trial in your times of question in your times where you don't know when the future is going to hold humility is where we begin she said what we all need to say this Christmas I am the servant of the Lord Mary had been waiting for the coming Messiah with the people of God they had been praying for this day where a king would come and would bring peace to them as a nation to bring peace to a world of great conflict and while it would be a time of great joy for the shepherds and the wise men for the people of Israel for Mary it would be very different For Mary, it would come at a great cost. And yet we see no talking back, no excuses of this not being fair, not being able to be willing. But in verse 38, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. She saw herself as we must see ourselves, and that is as servants of the Most High God. What she said is, I'm nothing without God. Can you say that this morning? Or is there a fight between you and God about what you bring to the table? Your ability to be the power broker at work. Your ability to make lots of money. Your ability to have built a big home and to have lots of things. Your ability to have a good family. Are you there competing with God as king of your world and universe? Mary said, it ain't about me, God. It's all about you. Is that what your Christmas is all about this year? putting away all the other stuff that we would humble ourselves and say God this is about you it's about your kingdom and it's about my involvement as your servant Mary says I'm your slave I'll do as you tell me to notice a good humble individual will know where their authority lies and Mary did as well Mary understood that when trouble came She was going to have to look to someone else's authority. She knew when doubts would come, and they would come, that she would have to know where to turn. And she turned to the word of the messenger of God, Gabriel. Be be it as it has been said, she tells Gabriel. I know my authority. My authority is according to the word of God. And God would confirm that over and over again in her life. Think again. You now have the angel depart, and now all the what-ifs come about. What am I going to tell Joseph? Well, God takes care of that. He brings a dream to Joseph, and Joseph is told not to divorce his wife, but to take her as his wife, and he tells Joseph why. What is conceived in your wife is not an issue of an affair. It is an issue of the Holy Spirit coming upon her. What about confirmation that this miracle birth isn't the only thing happening in town she would feel lonely and God would say hey I got something going on go go see your cousin Elizabeth yeah that old lady yes she's pregnant and she's pregnant and and it's a miracle just as you've had a miracle take place in your womb And then when the baby's born, well, what are we going to do with this baby? What's going to happen? Mary has confirmation that comes with these shepherds. Hey, are you Mary and Joseph? Because we just saw a bunch of angels. And they told us that we need to come and see this baby that was born. How about years later when the Magi would come and bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Confirmation after confirmation that God was in charge and he was seeing his plan unfold right before her eyes you see when we take big steps of faith God doesn't leave us hanging but he confirms those steps according to the authority of his word Mary understood that I want you to notice this morning that finally Mary was gripped by the wonder of Christmas all of the events that she would be a part of experiencing God with us God becoming one of us she would recognize all that the choir has sung about more than anyone else, it would lead her to one singular response, and that is she was gripped by the greatness of God and His plan. Is that true of us this Christmas? That we are not gripped by the gifts or the music or or the food or the festivities, but that the singular response that we have is, God, You are great. God, You are to be praised. God, You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If we don't Worship God in that way. If we don't bring that wonder back into Christmas, can I tell you something? Amidst all your gift giving, amidst all of your singing, amidst all of your festivities, you will have missed out on the most important truth, I might add, the only truth of Christmas. What a waste of time. And yet we see Mary gets it. We see it brings her to a place of praise. Notice in verse 46. And Mary said, after Gabriel leaves her, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm and has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever He prays, she prays God, and notice she also in luke two nineteen ponders she ponders, she treasures she thinks about. All that she was a part of that Christmas. While we enjoy this season, let us praise God that the fact of Christmas comes as a reason of the incarnation. Jesus Christ left heaven to become one of us. To put on skin so that at the age of 33 he might die in our stead. Jesus did this because of God's great love that he's lavished upon us. May you this Christmas follow the example of Mary, that you would trust him with all that concerns you, with all that he's called you to, and you would submit to him. Mary understood this, that blessing and rejoicing comes when unconditional obedience is a part of our life. What thing haven't you given God this Christmas? What thing are you holding on to as your own? Mary had to give up it all to be a part of that first Christmas and we do this Christmas as well. God's looking for men and women with willing hearts to do wonderful and wondrous things. People like Mary, who will give themselves fully over to God to surrender our hearts, our hopes, and our dreams so that he might use us to do great and mighty things. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for the example of Mary. Lord I thank you for the words of this great choir the words that remind us that you came and became one of us you came into the womb of a young woman you changed her life Lord we thank you for her model of faithfulness we thank you for the model of faithfulness not only of the women of our uh, first Christmas but all of those wonderful real-life characters as broken and as needy as they were You use them so that we might have a model as to how we are to worship and adore you. Lord, I pray that that will be a part of our celebration this year, that besides all of the trivial things, the temporal things around the tree, that we will make you the highlight of the season, that we will praise, that we will ponder the true meaning of Christmas. God, thank you for your son. Thank you for coming to save sinners like me so that we might have a relationship with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.